What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of season two. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is I, Benjamin, Bruno, Lewis, Briskin, the fourth. The fourth. Number four. Episode no. three, number four. Number four. Bruno, we're now two weeks into the NFL season. How? Beats me. Quite literally, Time. have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to me. Uh, we got a, we got a whole bunch of different. It was like a little goodie bag this week. There was some good. There was some bad. There was a lot of injuries. A lot, a t- absolutely I, brutal. I think that was my biggest takeaway. Like I've never, I've been an NFL fan or a football fan for a long, long time, and I don't think I've ever seen in one week so many, so many superstars go down. Yeah, like we're talking top players, best at their position, widely regarded as, you know, some of the best players on their teams. The just it's big news if like you took one of those out and in a normal week you were like, you know, Saquon Barkley out for the season. That's big news on its own. Absolutely. When it's one of 10 plus. Dude, it's it's so insane. many torn ACLs. I know in that in that uh 49ers um Jets game, like the whole 49ers roster was hurt. Like and they, I know they came out and complained about the turf or whatever, but like that was wild. And you want to know the worst part about that? Please tell me the worst part. I'm fairly positive they're playing the Giants this week. Oh, at, back, oh at yes, Met yes, Life. yes, they so are. They have to go right back to that House of Horrors Jesus. and do it all over again. <laughs> oh my God! Sheesh. We'll get to it later, but LOL with the Jets for uh, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to we'll it. Throw that in there. Come back later. Yeah, come back later. So real quick, I think uh, just kind of chatting with Bruno and going off of what we what we did in. in uh, the week one recap for this week two recap. We're not going to go as in depth with all of the games. We're going to really quickly gloss over a couple, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty on uh, five or six of them. Yeah, we don't we don't need you know. There's there's the drama, there's excitement, and then we all know there's some teams that just don't have it. Yeah, so we don't want to bore your ears. We're yeah. here for your ears. We are here for your ears in all the right ways. In all of them. All right, so let's just go into these some of these ones that we're going to kind of talk about quickly. Uh, Aaron Jones and the Packers. Sheesh. They smoked the Lions 42-21. Yeah, uh, definitely continuing to roll over the division. I don't have a ton of takeaways. They just blew him out of the water. Aaron Jones, I mean, I guess he's just the best player in the league. I Apparently, say, but where'd that come from? Good for the Packers. Packers are legit. Uh, Gardner Minshew and the Jags dropped to 1-1 one one after a 33-30 loss to the Titans. Again, it's we're gonna have to see how those both those teams go. Minshew Mania, one week good, one week bad. He we'll played see. decently. It's just that I don't think the Jaguars aren't legit. They're not a legit football team, right. I feel like. But Minshew's actually played pretty well. And Tannehill looks good too. Tannehill does look really good. And Gustowski game winning field goal to to win it. Hey, he when it counts, miss, he hits it. Did miss an extra point though. Who's counting? Not me. Not mm, me. Kind of me. Well, um, we did. We did. Uh, Colts got into the win column thanks to rookie running back Jonathan Taylor. They took down the Vikings 28-11. Yeah, I Colts, I think this says more about the Vikings, to be honest. Kirk Cousins just, I mean, we knew he stinks. but like, Simply not elite. Simply terrible, horrible game, horrible start to the season. I mean, at this point, when right, are they going to turn? Because in week one, I was like, well, I think just the Packers are good. Right. And then, um, no. Yeah. The, well, the, the Packers, Vikings. The Packers might be good, but the Vikings are, are the not. The Vikings good. are not off the hook. No. They are on the hook. Absolutely. Uh, Jared Goff and the Rams embarrassed the Eagles 37 19. Uh, Bruno, what is, with, what is with Carson Wentz? I would just like to uh, special shout out because he is Tarsh. 
the special shout out trash is normal tarsh is worse than yeah, normal. It's, just put, so, it's like putting a bow on trash you're right. tarsh it's just even tarshier so mm-hmm. i don't have much to say if you're a phillies uh, phillies if you're an eagles fan mm-hmm. you know good luck figuring that one out yeah i i think jalen hurts is going to be starting quarterback I think the he, they put him on the field already to go to to him playing i think he's gonna be the starter <laughs> we'll see uh i think once either he's gonna break himself he's going to break because he breaks a lot or um yeah he's gonna get benched yeah exactly um as we kind of touched upon briefly, uh, in a game where literally the entire 49ers team was hurt, they still somehow embarrassed the worst team in football, the Jets, 31-13. My only takeaway from this game, oh, we already talked about the injuries. That's the biggest story. Other than that, shout out, Braxton Berrios, former yes. Patriot, yes. getting in, getting his first touchdown yes. for the Jets, good, baby. So good for him. Gotta love that. You know, he worked hard. And I think when we... we originally i don't know if he was drafted or undrafted when we acquired him we were both pretty excited and obviously things didn't work out but hey shout out to you man how is adam gase still a head coach that is a great question like for me for me the big three adam gase matt patricia and dan quinn and i'm fairly positive you said episode one matt patricia was your bet to be the first gone i do think he's adam gone. gase is coming in hot for that <laughs> adam one, gase so. said hold my beer <laughs> hold my beer yeah we shall see we shall see uh my team our team, the Red Hot Cardinals, doubled up on Washington 30-15. to 15. Kyler Murray looks like an MVP candidate. He does. Some of the clips of him like in slow-mo doing his jukes and moves all the way to the end zone look great. I think the other takeaway for the Washington football team, their defense obviously looked really good week one against yeah. uh, the Eagles. However, it did not look as good. I wouldn't say they're terrible. I wouldn't no. say they're great. We're finding we'll find out as we continue yeah. to go. I just do think that the Cardinals are legit. Oh, they they're are the, they're here to stay. And yeah. with the 49ers being injured, yeah. their division I mean, could be them in Seattle. Hey oh Rams are good too. So we'll see. But it's exciting for the Cardinals. That sure. division is so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh Lamar and the Ravens absolutely torched the Texans 33-16. Despite a pretty good game from Deshaun Watson, I feel so bad that that man is locked up in Houston. That sucks. Yeah, and my only other thing is poor Texans. I mean, opening the season with Chiefs, Ravens back to back, it could not be harder. Than Who that, did so. they piss off in, yeah. the, in the schedulers? <laughs> I mean, like that sucks. Yeah, that honestly, that's tough. Didn't learn anything crazy new from this game. But, yeah, you know. I mean, the Texans are zero and two, but like you mentioned, they played arguably the two best teams in the AFC. So, right, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Uh, finally. Josh Allen, the boy. Josh Allen picked up right where he left off last weekend, threw for 417, four touchdowns on a road win against Miami, 31-28. I will say, after years of being a Patriots fan and having these close games against the Dolphins and losses against the Dolphins, we don't have to talk about those. Um, Yes, I will quiet now. Um, It it was a little bit closer than I expected. That being said, the division's always close. Josh Allen looked really good. I will say the Dolphins had a good chance to win this game. They missed a field goal. They, you know, had another couple opportunities slip away. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, Josh Allen turning into a star if he's not there already. Yeah, Josh Allen's on his way. But uh, good point because I think the Patriots kind of made the Dolphins look bad in week one. And then, I mean, they gave everything – they gave everything they had in that game against Buffalo, and they 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 fought them tough. Right. Um, so we'll see. We will see. Uh, kind of getting into the more, like I mentioned, nitty-gritty stuff. We're going to start with a Thursday night football game where the Browns won 35-30 over the Bengals. Um, to me, it was a lot – the product that was on the field was a lot better than I kind of expected it to be, especially for a Thursday night game. Um, two of the AFC North teams that I just don't really believe in all that much, but – my biggest takeaway was Joe Burrow looked legit. 
Yeah, and I, I agree with you there. I think almost in a way, I know this sounds kind of weird, but you can say it was kind of a almost a win-win for both teams. The Browns, no matter how, needed to win this game, especially after that horrible week one yeah. loss to the Ravens. That you know, for them to have any sort of shot at relevance this season, this is the type of win they're going to need to get. So they're happy that they won. And then you have Joe Burrow, like you know, the Browns went up multiple times by mm-hmm. double digits, and it's here he is, not quitting, refusing to go away, like leading them all, almost all the way back. He looked great. I mean, I know it was the Browns, and they have secondary right. issues, but still, he looked great. I mean, he it, Joe Burrow said after the game or something that like he's never lost two games in a row. His entire career playing football. I literally can't even imagine that. No. it's That's, again, bananas. Yeah. Um, but he threw the ball 61 times. For a rookie quarterback in game two. That is no so many. Kind of shocking. So many throws. Yeah. But, I, I mean, he I, – I, I thought, really, the Browns had a chance to run away with the game a couple different times, and they didn't. And I think a lot of that is with Joe Burrow. Right. I know. Hard to um, agree. So, moving on to the next one. The score – wasn't indicative of I mean it wasn't like that great of a game but it, it was kind of entertaining towards the end bear 17 13 over the Giants um I think I really want to talk about this one because of the loss of Saquon for the Giants yeah and honestly just absolutely devastating he was keeping their team basically single-handedly relevant because anytime he's in the field anytime he touches the ball there's always that potential for a big play to like you know carry the team like you said get him in the open field get him in the open field looks great um i will say you know he didn't exactly look great so far this season there was always the like strong chance that at some point they were just going to simplify their offense to literally just give the ball to Saquon. So I imagine that's going to happen with him out. I mean, I guess you have more of a chance to evaluate Danny dimes because if he's going to be throwing it more, he'll get more experience, but that's a, that's a tough, tough break in a, you know, at this point and usually wide open division in the NFC. It always is. Um, I did, I did think the giants, um, they fought, they fought, they were down 17, nothing. And then, absolutely had a chance to win the game late they were down um they needed a touchdown to win the game but they had a couple chances in the red zone um obviously didn't score but i think joe judge has that team competing and i think they're going to be competitive i just don't see them winning like any games right and especially not moving forward here, here's a question for you, though. It's funny. I have a question for you, but you go first. I said it first. So you did. So you first. Um, I just – it's very simple. What's your take on the Bears? Like, they're they're finding ways to win. It is against two teams that so far in their wins that aren't great, Who'd they beat in week one? Uh, honestly, I don't, I, I don't remember. Yeah, but it was, it was a sl- forgettable yeah, game. Two, they're 2-0, two and oh, but it, I – a lot to be determined with the Bears. A right. lot to be determined with the Bears. I – you – you can't look me in the eye and tell me you believe in Mitch Trubisky. I, I, I f- find me one person on the planet that believes in him. Oh, big cat. Well, mm, eh, <laughs> just kidding. So my question to you now, a little role reversal. What happens when the Giants have the number one pick in the NFL draft? Do they take Trevor Lawrence? Do they take Justin Fields with Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones as their quarterback? I mean, it, or... They could probably get a king's ransom for picks. If they have the number one pick, do they trade out? Do they take someone like Trevor Lawrence? Or do they put all their cards behind uh Yeah, Jones? that's a honestly because that's a team that now could legitimately not win a game this season. Right. That's a great question. Two things. One, I highly agree in that it might be best for them if you have the star running back, you have the quarterback that you 
maybe believe in and whatever for you to trade because we've seen trading down netting teams a ton of different picks and a ton of players right that's one thing the other thing is that luckily they don't have to decide right now they have the rest of the season and like we had just talked about a second ago we'll see how danny dimes plays throughout this whole season honestly not expecting greatness but if he shows you enough and obviously you've invested some into him already Maybe you, you decide to go the route where you take like a defensive player or you like you trade it. But we did just see recently the Cardinals take, what was it, Josh Rosen one year and then Kyler Murray the yeah. next. Like we've seen it mm-hmm. happen recently. So, and obviously it's paying off for them. So maybe that plays a role in, you know, shaping some perception too. We'll yeah. love to see. I don't know. Fat, that'll be fascinating to watch kind of as we go on. And I can't wait to make fun of all my Giants friends oh, yeah. for the rest of the year. All of them. All oh, of them. also the Bears beat the Lions week one. That was the other Oh, yeah. Just... Um, very fitting. Yeah, very fitting. Um, Going to one of the craziest games I have seen in the NFL in a long, long time. Uh, Cowboys, 40, Falcons, 39. I There's so much to say here, and we're going to get into it. Uh, Falcons, let me down again. Picked them in case you uh, didn't didn't get to the, the picks from last week. Uh, I was firmly on the Falcons side. I was like, they're going to rebound. They put up points. They're going to be great. Kurt was on the unfortunately correct side. We don't have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he picked the Cowboys, so shout out to Kurt. Big brains. <laughs> it's crazy. 20 to nothing and 29 to 10 were, I think, the two biggest leads the Falcons had of this game. Bruno, I'm going to say it. I know what you're going to say. I- it reminded me so much of a 28 to 3 game. The Patriots broke the Falcons. The, Patri- the Patriots <laughs> broke the Falcons, but it was like I was watching that game and I was like, holy shit, these bums are going to lose again. Like, going back to my Dan Quinn thing, get that man out. That man does not deserve a job in, that, in, the, in the NFL as a head coach. It's, it's honestly, it's crazy. And like, it, that has to be a culture thing, right? Because they're putting Absolutely. up points, they're playing well. We're seeing them play Dude, well. Dallas started How? so slow. They fumbled the ball four uh, times in the first quarter. If you fumble the ball four times in the first quarter, the game is over. The, the game is over. I don't care if you are the Giants. The game is over. Yeah. It, like, you should win the game going away. And, like, they had, not, like you said, nothing going for them. Huge leads. Like, I don't, again, is it the leadership? Is it the players? Is it Matt Ryan? I don't know what I don't know what it is. Like, it's obviously, like, no one really knows at this point. But, like you said, Dan Quinn, like, what is going on here? Like he he's earning his spot in the in your hot three coach yeah, like he the, is. the hot, he is hot seat yeah I just and then like you know obviously there's a there's a lot going on the Cowboys start to come back the biggest thing I think everyone's talking about that onside kick dude that's exactly what I was going to ask you about because like what so that onside kick I remember somebody put a clip up on it of Twitter like last year about a kicker not using a tee kicking the ball on the side and having it spin like that right and I but I never had seen it in a game and I. I don't know if Atlanta was just confused, but there is literally no excuse to have the ball rolling at like two miles per hour. Like it's barely moving and having three of your guys just stare at it. Right. And so, again, for those who might have missed it, as Kurt basically just referenced right there, basically the onside kick was essentially the ball was horizontal on the ground, not on a tee and not vertical. And the he kicked it like on its side, so it went mm-hmm. forward and spun. And the rule is what it has to go ten yards before 10 the yards. kicking team can recover it. The ball just slid, like spinning slowly, advancing those ten yards. No Falcons players; they were just watching it. And it's not like the receiving team has to wait for it to go ten right. yards. The, the ball could go two yards, and you could go jump on it. I mean, you shouldn't because that'd be stupid. Because in case you muff it or something, right? But the ball was just sitting there. You, yeah. It was just literally just it. sitting there, just, fall, just dive on it. So, and what's crazy to me, though, is that, like, that's not even necessarily the kick being that good. 
that's just coaching on the Falcons. No, like, yeah, that's at, that's Atlanta being bad. Right. So like I, that was crazy. I like it felt like it just. I remember when he kicked it. It just felt like an eternity of us just all watching. Like what yeah, is going to happen? So slowly. And that's just like indefensible. At that point, it's like it's over. Like yeah. I, you didn't even it need to see over. the drive. No, it, it, was, was it was over. And I remember in my, in our picks, I had said that I thought this was the week that I think Dallas kind of gets it going offensively. Well. Uh, my brain was in a pretzel after four fumbles in the first quarter, and I was like, "Well, Kurt, you did it. You jinxed them." Then they put up forty points, right, in like three quarters, right. So that offense proved it can be potent if it wants to be, right. But I do think uh, Atlanta's Swiss cheese defense ain't it. That right. simply ain't it. And maybe we see this as a launching pad for the Cowboys, like whatever they did to open up the playbook or change whatever adjustments they made, keep that moving forward because that's the Cowboys that you've been talking about seeing and being a contender. And again, if you're a Falcons fan, just my thoughts and prayers, RIP. I don't know how, like, did yeah. you just, was this just like, oh, that's the Falcons? Was this another heartbreaking loss? Whatever it was, it's just, you hate to see it. Unbelievable. Uh, moving right along, the Pittsburgh Steelers moved to 2-0 and thanks to a 26-21 victory over the Broncos. I don't know about you, Bruno, Pittsburgh looks legit to me. Yeah, definitely look legit. Their defense looks really good. Yeah, um, that's my biggest takeaway. Right, which is scary because that's like what we are as Patriots fans. That's where what we're used to in the past. All those right. crazy Pittsburgh defenses. Yeah. Shout out uh, Troy Palomalo. Yep. Uh, crazy oh hair. God, yeah. Crazy guy. Crazy hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they look good. Obviously, one of the biggest things to me that I saw from Pittsburgh was James Conner bounce back game. Yeah. He hurt himself week one. I sat him in fantasy this week. Oh, I, don't, boy. I don't think that was our league. I think I have him in my other league, okay. but sat him. Not great. Not I great. also sat Deontay Johnson, the guy who went off. For, Which, like, to be fair, you wouldn't expect that yeah, to happen. But. I do think he's going to break out this year, but uh, yeah. not great for me fantasy-wise, but Pittsburgh. Right. Pittsburgh looks good. My my other thing that I'm sure you you're, you were thinking, too, was um, Drew Locke, starting quarterback for the Broncos, hurt his shoulder, he, I think. So he's yes. out an undetermined amount of time, maybe a couple weeks as of now. We'll see. Jeff yeah. Driscoll didn't look horrible. Pretty good. So, I who are you? But yeah, I, yeah good. I was a little surprised that he it was kind of close, but like you're saying, you know, Pittsburgh won the game. They're looking good. So yeah, that's... I again, same thing. Biggest takeaway for me, the Broncos had the injury bug kind of come up and bite them. Like you mentioned, Drew Locke, shoulder injury out for like, I think they said like three to five weeks or something. That would mean he misses the, the Pats game. Oh yeah. So that's coming down the pipe, the pike. Um, and then I, I know that Cortland Sutton, their number one, one receiver. Team. Oh, rip. RIP. Yeah, damn. He tore his ACL, one of like yep. the 48 players who yeah. tore their ACLs this week. Yep. Uh, and then obviously Von Miller had torn his right before the season. Right. So, Which like you almost forgot about at this point. Right. Like, so <laughs> Denver was also one of my teams I kind of thought could sneak into the playoffs, be a, be a sleeper team. Eesh. I don't yeah. know anymore. Yeah. Um, but kind of going back to Pittsburgh for one second, do you think they have the firepower to hang with Baltimore in that division? I mean, the easy answer just on a surface level is it seems to be no because it just almost seems like it's easier for the Ravens to score. Like, they make it look very easy at times. It feels like sometimes with Pittsburgh it doesn't come or look as easy. But that being said, I think the potential is there, right? Like, Big Ben is still, like, he's still coming back from injury, still getting comfortable, you know, still getting used to the wear and tear. You know, they like you said, they have a decent group of wide receivers. James Conner when he's healthy. Like, it's the pieces are there. Plus, you know that like, you know, like many divisions, not just the not Patriots division, but like many divisions, those rivalry games are great. Like, it's like you think one team's going to win by right. 50 and they lose by 50. So. Right. I don't know if they had the, the firepower to stay with Baltimore in the division. I think ultimately Baltimore does come out on top in the AFC North. But Pittsburgh's a playoff team for sure for me. Like they're they're in. They're in. 
for right. Yeah, yeah. My my only you know my frame of reference right there was simply like if they played a game. If if we're talking about yeah. like who's going to come out on top, I agree. I, mean, it's I hard do to think say. Pittsburgh's defense could match up okay with with Baltimore, but right. yeah, I think I, ultimately, yeah, the Ravens. Look Lamar, good. Lamar, sheesh. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady, Tom Tampa Brady. Uh, gets his first win in Tampa, but it wasn't all that pretty. They won 31-17 over the Panthers, but I don't know if you got to catch most of that game. Um, weird, weird game. Yeah, I was tuning in and out. Definitely a weird game. Like I think you already mentioned, um, Christian McCaffrey, another one of those huge yes, names. What the freak? He's not out. So he's not out as of right now. He's not out for the season. He's what they're saying, four to six four weeks. Four to six weeks. He wants to come back faster. Obviously, shout out to him. So hope he does. But yeah, I, it felt like a game where they should have won by much more. I was tuning in and out, but I know they had a fair amount of drops. Yeah, that so. was my, that is literally the only note I have for this game is that with Chris Godwin out in the concussion protocol, outside of Mike Evans, Tom Brady's receivers let him down completely. I don't know what this loser's name was, but it was a ball up the left sideline, deep ball, that Brady put right on him and it hit, hit him in the head, like hit him in the head. I was like, uh, you're an NFL receiver, how? And then, I don't know, this this one was so bad to me. Uh, Brady extended a play in the pocket. Shout out Wheels. He's, you know, Tom Brady's hashtag fast. Um, <laughs> what, Clydesdale? Clydesdale. Clydesdale. <laughs> he got out and out of the pocket, rolled right on the run, threw a dime to the back corner of the end zone to Shady McCoy. Literally perfectly in his hands. Dropped. Right. Tom Brady threw for like 20 yards in the second half. <laughs> that, that's, a, uh, makes me, that's a make you laugh stat. He yeah, he threw for like two seventeen, but only twenty yards in the second half. Like Tampa Bay had a firm grip on the game, and then it com- they like completely lost hold of it. And Carolina, if they were a competent football team, could have probably taken advantage. And they 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 crawled back to get it to within a couple points, but then McCaffrey got hurt, and it was all downhill from there. Right. the The other thing I'll say on a flip side is that at least, and again, it's too early to say if this is going to be consistent, but at least Leonard Fournette had a good game. Yes, like he did over a hundred yards, touchdown. Yeah, like at his peak, he can be really good. I think the thing always when he was on Jacksonville was a offensive line and b like motivation issues. Yeah, but clearly those are both improved right mm-hmm. now, so like it's good. But you know, like I think this goes back to what. I have been sipping the Tom Brady Kool-Aid. You have been just drinking water over there. No Kool-Aid for you. You've been saying for weeks, chill with the Tampa Bay stuff. It's going to take time. They're going to need to get used to it. I think this is just another clear example of the point you've been making all along in that, you know, it it doesn't always just click right away. It very rarely clicks right away for teams, especially changing systems like that. This is just another game that they, you know, are going through growing pains. Yeah. Uh, Two more points. Uh, Rob Gronkowski stinks. Yeah, he looks old, slow, and not good. I mean, like, I'm not going to say it makes me happy. Oh, well, I but think, like, <laughs> it makes me happy. I think we know it does. <laughs> like, again, I'll, I'll repeat myself for the 117th time. I'm rooting for Tom Brady to do well in Tampa. I don't have ill will towards Tom for leaving. I think Rob Gronkowski's a, a, a dick face, a big old dick face. This is a good old uh, edition of Kurt's Karma. Yeah. You know Mark, but you know what's going to happen now. You know what's going to happen. What's right? Gonna happen? Is when they go to Denver next week and Gronk catches four touchdowns and 140 yards just receiving, I'm going to go run to a cliff well the good news is it'll be your fault because you said that this week <sighs> sheesh Sigh. But anyway I, I tampa you know they get a win congrats woohoo that popped the champagne tom um, <laughs> damn not salty <laughs> fuck. uh all right i'm gonna stop talking about them before i get angry okay. oh no i did have one more point okay bruce arians uh comments full uh well a 180 from last week he was 
Very complimentary of his quarterback this week, even though Tom didn't play great. I wonder if he heard – I wonder if all that stuff in the media last week kind of got to Bruce. He was like, eesh. And and not that we'll ever know, but I would be really curious if somehow we could find out if that, like, there was some private backlash from, like, Tom or Tom's team yeah. or if it was, like, the Bucks owners being like, what are you doing? Or, yeah. like you said, it was the media. I'm very curious to know if, like, you know, obviously publicly Tom was like, no, it's fine. I played bad and whatever. But, like, we'll, it is interesting. Well, Tom had a weird tone. comment. He was like, he's the coach. I'm the quarterback. And that's all he said about it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, true. He, Tom does have that nine-part documentary coming out mm-hmm. next summer. Maybe we'll get a little bit of tea on Minus that one. one year. One year. Um, moving along to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they won twenty three twenty over the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the well, from a Chargers standpoint, the only thing you would take away, Justin Herbert, Hebert, I don't know how you pronounce it, Herbert, Herbert, uh, that boy's a dog, yeah, a dog, and. No disrespect to Tyrod, Tyrod, however you say it, Tyrod Taylor. He was ruled out of the game before it started because of some like, yeah, he took late a, in warmups. A, yeah, like an injection to like something with his ribs, and there was complications. Couldn't so, breathe. Yeah, scary. Hope he's okay. First of all, second of all, though, it, I know. I think I said last week that like if he if Taylor is playing and they keep winning, it's hard to bench him. But in this situation, right where you saw how good Herbert looked against one of the best teams in the AFC and NFL. It's really hard. I know they're saying publicly now that like if Taylor's healthy for the next game, he'll be playing. But it's really Dude, hard that, to see. That's mind-boggling to me, right? And the like, I know. Um, oh shoot, what's the head coach's name? Uh, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, yeah, Anthony. Lynn. Oh, I, I is think it? So. I, think I so. pulled that deep from my brain. I don't know <laughs> if that's it. Uh, but if that if that is him, yeah. um, he did say that. Like, well, we couldn't do things with Justin out there that Tyrod can do, and you know, he left a lot out there. I was like, what do you, dude? He balled out. Right. Justin Hebert left. Like, he, Herbert, fuck, what do you, how do you say it? I think it's Herbert. I have no idea. Justin H played yeah. really well at quarterback, <laughs> and I, 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 they like bashed him. It makes yeah. no sense. And again, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it would be a really bad look if Taylor did nothing wrong, got benched, and then they obviously, like, they didn't say anything, come to his defense. So, like, I kind of understand the coming to his defense part, but I'm a hundred percent with you that you don't need to like give no credit to Herbert or like say he didn't do anything. Like it's, he played uh, great. A a, a debut like that against the chiefs. I mean, the defending champs, right? You had them on the ropes. Like you had them on the ropes, right? They should have, the Chargers should have won the game. Right. And he, and he just, again, he just looked good out there. So my biggest takeaway for the chiefs, I, the only time I've really seen this, well, no, I've seen it a couple of times now, but the AFC Championship game in 2018 when they didn't score in the first half and lit it up in the second half. Right. And then the Super Bowl last year yeah. when they were terrible yep. and then turned it up in the fourth quarter. That team can score so fast, it's scary. Like they could do nothing on offense for 40 minutes. Right. And then the last 20, it's like you're watching the greatest show on turf. And what sucks is that you have now that Super Bowl championship to back up that confidence. So, like, that belief must just be absolutely crazy, both from Mahomes, but then everybody on that team. I don't know why it bothers me so much because so many players, so many quarterbacks, like, get hyped. Like, Tom Brady gets, like, old man hyped after, like, mm-hmm. a, a good play or something or a touchdown. Every time Patrick Mahomes celebrates and, like, flexes his muscles, I, like, die a little bit every time. I know. I'm like, dude, calm down. We get it. You're I, good. We know. <sighs> I don't want to sound like a hater, but like I am, like I really just am. It. Just admit it. I think I don't you like Patrick him. Mahomes. I don't like his brother, and I hate his. Oh, girlfriend. I hate his I hate, brother. I hate his fiance more than anything. Yeah, I mean, she was. I think 
she was rubbing it in in like the stands in a New England yeah, game. Yeah, she like was. Recently. She really that, was. That was. Amazing. I'm like, well, you know what? You're a four, so and he married she you for the rest of your shots life. So, fired. Yeah, so, shots fired. Shots fired. Sorry, mom. I don't write mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving, Thanks. moving on. Uh, last one we're going to talk about for the Patriots. Upset of the week for me. Raiders 34-24 over the Saints in the new first game in Las Vegas. Uh, if you were going to tell me that the Raiders were going to put up 34 points without Josh Jacobs scoring a touchdown, I would have slapped you silly and told you you were stupid. Right. And you and I both sat here last week saying, I mean, great for the Raiders for putting up points, but it was against the Panthers. So we were like, yeah. that was well, week so who one. Cares? We were like, yeah, it doesn't really mean much. And what do they do? Come out on week two and do I, this against the Saints. I called the Raiders irrelevant last week. <laughs> I think and they took I'm that burst quickly. Yeah, I think they probably heard that. Put it in the locker room. They're like, "This kid, yeah, this kid is an idiot." <laughs> um, Darren Waller is a problem. Beast mode. He's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I do wonder if Derek Carr could be targeting him a little bit too much. He saw a ton of targets last night. He had yeah. twelve catches, but he had a ton of targets. I'm yeah, like, it's true. Careful now. You don't want to get like your best player injured or something by and like him too much if you're showing that's like your key to victory then you're inviting defenses to double triple team him or yep. scheme to take him out of the game you know that's what the Patriots specialty is so yes I want we'll get into this but I wonder if they're gonna put Stefan Gilmore on him next week I think they might anyway I mean, we'll get we'll get to it we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Yeah. um but aside from you know the Raiders looking really good offensively I don't think they looked very good defensively but I think Drew Brees looked Every part of 41 years old last night. Hit the nail on the head. I think that over the last year or so, including last year, obviously they've been good in the, for the last however many seasons, right? But you can clearly see he's almost not... I, I don't want to disrespect Drew Brees by making this comparison, but almost our boy Peyton Manning with the Ducks. Dude, it was so bad last night. We're getting there because he had some throws that were questionable at best. Like, I wonder if Taysom Hill's on that sideline warming up or Jameis... Eaton W. Winston, uh, he's over there looking like, hey, maybe I can go out there and yeah. spin it. But, like, uh, I have said for a long time that my second favorite quarterback in the NFL behind Brady was Breeze. Right. And, uh, yeah, I just am not used to seeing him look like that. And you know what's kind of crazy, too, is that the Saints, to me, have felt a bit inconsistent over the last year. Like, I feel like they yeah. had a couple of these games last year, too. But, like... You can kind of almost be like the reason for that is Drew Brees. You could because like if you look at what they have on offense and now especially with their defense, you it's can like, make that case. So and again, I'm not you know I think he's still good and I I'm not saying I don't think he deserves to be starting anymore, but it's like the longer we keep going with these types of games and as you said with Taysom Hill right there who's mm -hmm. electric every time electric. he comes in the game, you got to start wondering like what you know are they going to face that like critical decision where they're like are we going to have to do what's best for the team right. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. Tom Brady, at the age of 41, won a Super Bowl. And he never looked as bad as Drew Brees did last night. We are just throwing that out I'm there. I'm just tossing that into the world. And just, we're just going to let that one go? Yeah. I'm gonna, what do you, what will you say? We let that marinate in your brain? We are going to let it marinate. I don't have anything else. Yeah, we're just letting just, it marinate. Yeah, that's it. Marinate. <laughs> are you ready to move on to the Pats? I am so ready. Just... I can tell how excited you are. Just lay, whatever you're trying to say, lay it on. <laughs> I am I am excited. Uh, so first and foremost, Pats lose 35-30. Right. Not excited about that. Not about that. But. but before we get too into this, I need to make a statement. For those who can't see, Kurt has a twinkle in his eye. So I'm very excited. I don't know what he's going to say. I'm very excited to hear what he's going to say. <clears throat> Bruno. 
Yes. Kurtai? I have never been more wrong about anything in my entire life than I was by saying I didn't want Cam Newton. Wow. There you have it, folks. I have literally never been so wrong. Wow. I've been wrong a lot in my life. Like, trust. I have never been so wrong. I mean, in your defense, I don't think anyone saw this, but I mean, I'm right there with you. I, yeah, like, I know you want to say more. So like, no, literally, while that game was going on, I was just thinking to myself, Kurt, you are a goddamn moron for, for everything that you said going into the start of the season. Like, Cam Newton is a baller. And I am so glad he is our quarterback. Yeah, and I think even in what we envisioned when we si- were signing him or like thinking about signing well, him. in my defense, I didn't think very much. Well, yeah, I know. No, I'm not even just saying you. I'm just saying anyone. I don't think, not only do I think that it was hard for us to picture this happening when we signed him, but in week two. In week two. And that was like my thing. The Patriots are so far ahead of schedule. It's crazy. It is crazy. Like, I'm at the point right now where I'm like, I will send a handwritten letter to one Patriot place tomorrow and beg Bill Belichick to extend Cam Newton right now before right. anything the high happens. Yeah. More. <laughs> I'm like, for God's sake, sign this man to a three or four year deal. If I'm Cam though, and I'm playing this one, oh, yeah. I might be like, <laughs> let's just wait and see, coach. Maybe not. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. I think I got a bag coming yeah. in this oh, yeah. year. Oh yeah. But like, wow. And what the? So we're we're gonna get into it, but just one. One more big picture thing before we get into the nitty gritty. I think when we, obviously once we signed Cam, and then once we were looking at our schedule, once those two things overlapped, and we saw we were playing Seattle week two. I think a lot of people before, and even us in our preview, right? Yep. We kind of just penciled this in as a loss. And it was kind of like, if we remember correctly, right? Before we got to, before not before week one, and we knew what was going to happen, we kind of were just like, passing it over like we weren't thinking much about it it was kind of just like seattle's good it'll be cam newton's second game it's our first test it's probably just a loss whatever i don't think any of us even if we were going to lose i don't think any of us thought we were going to be that encouraged and pumped and excited after seeing what happened in In, in the actual game in our week pick our weekly picks whatever i picked seattle but i said it was gonna be a close game i didn't think i was going to feel this good about it i haven't for all you guys who know me as like the the massive Patriots fan that I am. I don't recall a time that I've ever been happy after a loss. And I've been walking around like we just won the goddamn Super Bowl. That's such a smart point. I, I didn't even think about that. But thinking about that right now, I've that, that this is the first loss in I don't even know how long as a Patriots fan that I'm not just like pissed off, not turning on SportsCenter for a week, not looking at Twitter for like three days. Like th- that's a great point. It is one of those losses that I think we've had few and far between since we've been Patriots fans. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I, I think maybe the one, the one game that sticks out in my mind is they, they lost on the road in green Bay, my freshman year of college. And I remember being after that game, like they went on the road, they fought, they battled. Right. And I was like, Oh, this team is going to be good. Then right. they went on to win the Super Bowl. Shout out. Shout out Bruno. I literally can't stop thinking about the game. Like, I mean, that's pretty normal for me after a Patriots game. But like, for those I, who don't know, yeah, that is what Kurt that's, does. That's, like, pretty normal. I am a full-on nerd. <laughs> but, like, I've, I'm so goddamn excited. I've, like, never been so, like, happy. And I've watched Tom Brady for the last two decades of my life. And adding more onto that, like, 
you like I, again we're assuming that most people know that this game came down to literally the last play of the game and yeah. a goal line stand from Seattle so, to keep them the the victory that's the sort of loss that typically no one is really ever happy like you know what no. i mean like it's not even just that it was a close game and we lost the fact that it was you quite literally lost the game by one well, yard was, you lost yeah, the game one by yard one away. yard yeah so like that and it's that's just a testament to how awesome cam looked and we'll get into everything else too yes. but again just a testament to to everything that if happened if i'm I mean, this is not really a thing that's allowed to happen, but like somehow, some way, the NFL needs to find a way to have the Seahawks and the Patriots oh. on the schedule every single year. Every time. Because the last three times they've played each other, the Super Bowl, where the Patriots win by picking off the Seahawks at the goal line. And then in 2016, the Patriots had one play again on the on the one yard line. They threw a fade to Gronk. Seattle stopped them. I they win. I that. And then now. They stopped Cam on the one-yard line. But every game has come down to a ball on the one-yard line for the last play. Instant classics. Like, what the hell did we deserve to <laughs> – like, what the hell did we do to deserve these epic games for the yep. Seahawks? And just such a treat for Sunday night, too. Just and throwing that out there. I was just like a, I was like a little kid in the candy shop when I was like – Cam was balling and Russell Wilson, who I have so much respect for, is balling. I was like, this is such a good football game. It's mind-boggling to me. Um I just, I there was obviously the defense that didn't look good. Uh, they got five touchdown passes, so I yeah. wasn't happy about that. No, but like again, kid in the candy store. Can I? Okay, so that's a good place to start. Obviously, we'll get into some of the stuff. Let me ask you this question. Hit me. Did any? And again, I don't know if that's just because we're getting flashbacks of previous games. But did either of those like touchdown passes that were crazy catches or whatever just remind you of those classic like Super Bowl catches teams yes. have against us? Yes. I don't know what it is, but like, why does that always happen? So here's my thing. Because like I mentioned, I'm a nerd. All I've been doing is looking at Twitter. <laughs> and for those who don't know me, all I follow on Twitter is like Patriots beat writers. That's it's it. It's a Patriots bubble. It's it's, it's my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my home. I go there to I go there to feel things. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been like watching uh, tape, and I've been like wa- listening and reading articles, listening to podcasts, reading articles about the game and stuff, and. When you look at it on the surface, Russell Wilson throws for five touchdown passes. Yikes, not good. Right. When you take a deeper dive into a lot of those plays, it's more about Russell Wilson being so goddamn good than the Patriots being like out of position. People are like, ooh, Stephon Gilmore got absolutely burned on that on that play. Homie, go back and watch the play. He is in perfect position like he does every single thing that you teach as like a as like a coach you teach to cornerbacks to do like that ball is in the air it's right it's like right on Metcalf and Gilmore's laid out full extension arm between both of Metcalf's arms it was just Metcalf being a dude and a perfect throw by Russell Wilson and then you go to the one to that guy more I don't even know who he is yeah, which is also classic for yeah Patriots normal games. that's the scrub yeah uh, Jason McCourty was in coverage on a deep ball to left the left pylon, pretty much. There was some there was some nerd, bigger nerd than me, who does like these things that like catch probability. The catch probability of that was under six percent. It was the it was the oh I'm gonna mess this up lowest percentage completion in terms of catch probability in the last four years in the NFL. I did not know that. Yep. And, of course, it goes against the pass. But, like, McCourty was in a perfect spot. Uh, Gilmore was in a perfect spot. It's just that's just Russell Wilson and the magic that he has. Right. And, like, again, 
you you pretty much said it all right there, but I just want to reemphasize, right? That pass to Metcalf was just absolutely just a beautiful over the shoulder drop it right in the bucket like the perf perfectly placed and that's also like what's crazy is that like that's a signature russell wilson throw which means again he does that all the time Bel- which is crazy belichick said before the game he has the best deep ball in all of the nfl his his deep passes literally like they make rainbows look ugly like it's true they just they float and they go exactly where it's they need to go. It's a perfect spiral. The ball turns over. I mean, it is like it is like porn. Right. For oh, um, sheesh, probably sheesh. for you. Yeah, quarterback. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm glad we're starting with the defense. Yes, I gave up five touchdowns, but like that second, I said what I said. That is the best secondary in football. I'm standing by it. I think you just saw the Russell Wilson magic. Yeah, and going back to the uh, touchdown to Moore with the low probability of it being a, a touchdown or a catch. Period. That's what pissed me off the most because, yes, great throw from Russell Wilson as expected. Yes, great effort from Moore. But on the replay, and again, this is the sort of thing that I feel like always happens to us. He goes to put his foot down, and it would have gone out of bounds if he didn't hit the pylon with his foot, which is not out of bounds, which alerted him. So, again, great play by him to react by feeling the pylon and then dragging his foot back into the end zone. So, again, credit to him. I'm not trying to take credit away. But it's like... How many times are these ridiculous catches going to have to happen for it to be like, let's suspend everyone except the Patriots? I know. I just, I'm just yeah, throwing that out there. I know. That'll marinate. Um, the one, the pass to Chris Carson that Russell Wilson yeah. had on the surface, um, it, yeah, it looked like it was a wide open touchdown because Adrian Phillips kind of got beat at the line of scrimmage. But yep. how often do you expect these running backs to run like streaks up the field? It doesn't happen. Yeah. And um, I mean, obviously it was he was open by a couple yards, but – Russell Wilson got absolutely smoked on that play. He also got smoked on the Metcalf one and the one to Moore. Like he was so Russell Wilson stood in the pocket knowing damn well his about to get his head knocked off and made perfect throws on all three of those touchdowns. Right. Like those three that we just mentioned. The guy's a goddamn wizard. He's a wizard, Bruno. You're a wizard, Harry. You're damn right. Um I do think two more points from the defense. Uh our linebacker play was not good. Yeah, they look slow. Jawan Bentley looks slow. Also, yeah. having him spy Russell Wilson, uh, not the move. Yeah, who came up with that plan? Um, Dry Mayo, maybe? Looking at you. Maybe. he's Like, I know Josh Uche, the the, yeah. the pick from Michigan, yeah. who we got this year, is like a linebacker defensive end type. He is fast, and I think he, this would have been a perfect type of game for him. He's still hurt with that ankle injury, but would have been nice to have him because Brandon Copeland looks slow. Jawan Bentley looks slow. Yeah. You know who didn't look slow? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Chase yep. Winovich. <laughs> I don't know what he did this offseason, but he he is an animal, dude. I have I am ecstatic about him. Yeah, and at, for those who obviously everyone's listening, Kurt has been on that from the start. After he told me about that, I forget if it was preseason, the first episode or the second episode after week one, but I specifically was looking for Winovich for this game because of everything Kurt's been saying. I didn't even have to look because he was there every play, it felt like. Did, I'm, I'm assuming you saw. The play where just tossed him. Chase Winovich was was rushing the passer, and the I think it was Chris Carson, I think, or it was one of their backs that stepped up in pass protection, and Chase Winovich took him and launched him across the field <laughs> into space. That is quite literally the only way I can describe it. He launched him into yeah into space. And you know what's funny? I'm fairly positive that uh, Collinsworth or whatever, whichever announcer it was was like he threw him out the club. Like that yeah, time that like Gronk, Gronk threw him yes. out the club. Which yep. like you don't make that comparison unless no. you're really doing something right. And I know our our second round choice, but our first pick this year, Kyle Duggar, the safety, yep. he flashed big time in this game. Yep. So 
yes, on the surface, not good from a defense. Uh, what I will say, though, is that there are positive signs. So mm-hmm. um, it's not as bad as it looks. Mm-hmm. I do think uh, we're going to get into the Patriots offense because I, I have a lot to say about that. But I think Pete Carroll overthought everything again. Seattle had a chance. It was third and one. They were up uh, five. They were up by five, 35-30. And all he needed was one yard and the game would have been over. And wouldn't you have thought Pete Carroll learned his lesson about running the ball when you need one yard? The Patriots had not stopped had not stopped Seattle. Seattle ran the ball 25 times. They stopped um, Seattle for no gain or a negative play twice. That's a not good percentage. Not great. It's a good percentage. Not a math if you're the, guy, if you're the offense, good. that's a good percentage. What does Pete Carroll come out and do? Throw a deep ball, incomplete. Yeah. What I, are you doing? I remember just being like, I don't know why you did that, but I will absolutely take it because that was stupid. Somewhere I was like, okay, who is controlling this game? Who has a script somewhere up? Like, and it's like, For okay, sure. f- throw, it's like the Buffalo Wild Wings thing. Yeah. And you <laughs> press, like, press the button. A button. Yep. It's like, okay, uh, incomplete. <laughs> like, going overtime. Yeah, going overtime. Um, but. I mean, they had the game. That was stupid of them. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go talk about the <laughs> offense. Back to offense, baby. Uh, I mentioned again. This 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 offense is so far ahead of schedule for me. I I didn't think in week two they looked this good. Last week in week one versus Miami, um, they ran the ball a ton. Ran the ball a ton. Came only through nineteen times. Very very easy short throws, quick outs, screens, so on and so forth. I was like, okay. You have a lot to be happy about in that week one performance, but it's the Dolphins. And going forward, you're going to be playing teams with a lot of talent. You're going to have to push the ball down the field sometimes and make some of these throws. I was like, can Cam do it? So, yes, Cam looked healthy in week one with his foot. Uh, Everything looked fine. His shoulder looked okay on the limited amount of throws he made. But it wasn't – it didn't show you everything you needed needed to see from Cam Newton. Well, well. In week two, you saw what you needed to see from Cam Newton. When he started to find his groove at kind of the middle third quarter, I don't want to get too excited. It was literally 2015 MVP Cam. Yeah, and it, it looked great. And I think you what you said there is so key about him finding his groove. I remember texting you throughout the whole game being like, every time we throw in it down the field, big completions, pinpoint passes, big gains. I don't know if it was him or the play calling, but it was like some of those like uh, like uh, uh, horizontal passes that yes. you would just be a quick screen. That I don't know, and I'm sure you have thoughts on that. But just to add to your point, those downfield throws, especially a lot of those to Edelman, looked great. And that yeah. is a great sign for something that I don't know we were hoping for yeah. from Cam. Don't think we were expecting this early. I think the thing that stands out to me is the chemistry he has with some of these guys already. Like... Especially Demir Bird didn't catch Your boy, a didn't been talking he about didn't Bird. catch a pass in week one. I was like, ah, shit, because I have been talking a lot about how I think he's going to be good. People are like, oh, he's Philip Dorsett. I'm like, no, he's better than Philip Dorsett. It's so simple, but he ran like a, a quick ten yard out late in the game that he he ran a lot of them during the game. That they completed. He also Cam got picked on that one to Demir Bird on that on that yeah. ten yard out, but he threw one late in the game when it mattered. Before Demir Bird had even started looking for the ball, like he hadn't even got into his break to the sideline, and the ball was already out. And by the time Demir's head turned around, it was in his hands, and it was a completion. And it's so minute, but I was like, they're so on the same page. Like that's a throw that Brady was making to Edelman in the prime of both of their careers. Like 
That's how in sync they were. And to me, that is a huge thing. Same with Edelman, obviously. Uh, Nikhil Harry, he had eight catches for like 72 yards or something in the game. But uh, the guy had, so he has now 12 catches on the season, I think. He had 11 all of last year. So they're already establishing this this rapport with each other. And it goes back to my point. People are like, oh, the Patriots have no weapons. And yeah, their weapons aren't great. They're really not great. But I, for the 18th time, it's better than what Cam has had as a whole in his entire career. The offensive line kept him clean uh, for the most part in the game. He, Cam did a masterful job getting out of a couple of sacks. Jamal Adams had him dead to right a oh, couple yeah. times, and oh, Cam yeah. shook him. But, dude, it's just so much to build on. And the, I think the Pats could have easily packed it in, down 11. They could have been like, eh, not tonight. And they fought. They fought. I'm going to ask you a question. The last play of the game. When they go to that, what they call that 14 personnel, you bring in the two extra linemen, you bring in the tight ends, you bring in the fullback, and it's essentially Cam becomes the running back, and you run, pretty much. Did you like the play call on the last play of the game? So I was, I don't think I'm quite on the level of you for the bubble that I see, but my initial reaction, as I'm sure was everybody, was like, bro, what was that? After seeing the replay, it was an incredible play by whoever the Seattle guy was because he he took out, like, on a dive, he took out both either the running back or fullback. I don't know if it was, like, Jakob Johnson or whatever yep. or whoever it was and Cam kind of, like, at the same time. That's just one of those plays that, like, reminds you of, like, Dante Hightower reaching back and grabbing Marshawn Lynch before yes. the Malcolm Butler. That's just, like, one of those plays that's, like, that was incredible. I will say I saw from a lot of people that that play had worked earlier. So, like, it yes. wasn't just coming out of the blue. So, I'm going to nerd. Ner- yeah, nerd out. Nerd out. So, when they go to that 14 personnel, people are like, well, they've run the same play four times. It's like, well, they've run the same personnel out there f- a couple times, but they've actually run different plays. So, they've run uh, – they ran Q power, which is literally you just pull the guard, you follow the fullback, and the quarterback goes – the pretty much the same direction on the side the fullback is in, which is what they did on that last play. Cam followed the fullback. Um, you have something called Q counter, which is like, let's just say the running back is to the left of Cam. And everyone thinks, oh, he's to the left of Cam, they're running left. Well, it's no. The, the fullback kind of crosses the face of the quarterback and they run to the right. So that's Q counter. And then they also ran that awesome play to Jakob Johnson, the pass play, yeah. where it looked like Q power. Yep. And he was going to follow him, and then he just squirts out into the flats, and it's a touchdown. So they actually ran different plays. It was just kind of like Seattle guessed right. They because if they ran if because if the Patriots ran Q counter there instead of Q power, it's probably a touchdown. And then if you if you uh, NBC had this really awesome clip of like an overhead shot of the of the formation before the game. I'm looking at it right now, and I talk about a numbers game. You always want to be up a number or equal numbers on the side of the field you're running. And the Patriots ran left, and they hadn't. They had the numbers. They had it. It was just sometimes, sometimes you have to tip your cap. And Seattle made a really, really good defensive play. The entire line slanted left. They slanted to the side of the fullback. The corner or linebacker, whoever, like you said, dove at Jakob Johnson's feet, kind of caused the pile. Cam had made a decision to kind of go inside. Sure, after the game, he said he could have bounced it. He didn't. Okay, so that's what happens. But... What a goddamn football game. And the fact that it came down to that one play, I'm so glad they ran that formation. I'm so glad they ran that play because it had, it had worked literally every other time this season. They were 6-for-6 six six on conversions with that with that uh, formation. It didn't work in the biggest play of the game, but uh, 
I think what would happen, correct, I mean, I'm not trying to speak for you, but if Josh McDaniels on that play put out three or four wide receivers and they threw the ball and it was incomplete, I would have been pissed. Uh, yeah, I would. You have the yeah. best short yardage yep. goal line quarterback or player ever in NFL history. Run, the, give him the ball. Run, run with him. So I'm glad Cam took it. Yeah, it just didn't work. And, and one thing just to add on to that is that even after the game, I'm pretty sure they asked Bill about it, and he simply was just like, "What we did was what we felt was our best play right there." Yeah, like. It, it's hard to disagree because everything you said, like Cam Newton, incredible. It had been working all game. Again, I, I'm right there with you. I don't have any necessarily regrets about the play call. Like you said, I think it was came down to just the incredible execution on the Seattle side. One thing I will say, though, selfishly, that I was hoping for that would happen as it was leading up to that play. Not that Belichick coaches this, but how incredible would it be have been if Cam just Superman dove up the middle into the end zone for the game winner? That would have been. I would have. I was kind of thinking that as the like, not that again, not that I expected it, but just because like obviously, if there's any quarterback who can probably do that, it's Cam. Uh, not not gonna lie, you know, ball security is job security. You know, former boss has told us that many times. Mm-hmm. Not a great play in terms of the probability and stuff, but that would have been. You know, looking back, that would have been incredible too. Again, that isn't to say I, I fault. I'm faulting them for doing the play call that they did. I'm just saying when the Patriots were down by 11, or no, 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 pause. When the Patriots were down. Still, um, and the Seattle had the third, the third and one, with three minutes and one seconds to go in the fourth quarter. The Patriots' win probability was three point nine percent. They were one yard away from making it a hundred percent. Like it just, it was so improbable. And I just, as a Patriots fan, we're so used to seeing these ridiculous comebacks with Tom Brady and stuff. Maybe this is a hot take. I don't think the game is close if Tom Brady is your quarterback last in, in that game. Well, we wouldn't have scored the ways we scored. With no, Brady, we wouldn't so. have. And Tom Brady's unwillingness to throw to rookies like yeah. Harry and who knows how it would have been with Demir Bird. But, like, I'm glad Cam Newton's our quarterback. Yeah. What? Yeah, and me too. And, again, not to get too back into the nitty-gritty, but one other thing that we haven't talked about that I did want to at least get your opinion on before we wrap up with this game was obviously Edelman. Crazy yeah. game, career hard in yards, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, what? Yes, dude. I, I didn't realize it during the game. I just looked at it late in the game. They were like, oh, he set a new career high. I'm like, what? One thing I will say, and again, yep. he left it all out on the field. He was tired at the end of the game from putting the team on his back. He did so many incredible plays. Did you see, though, that one play in the final drive where Cam threw it into the end zone and it kind of went like right through Edelman's hands? It went right through Edelman's hands. And uh, there's no doubt Julian has had his fair share of drops. I right. think he was second in the NFL in drops last season. Right. He's already dropped a couple this year. I think yeah. three drops already through two games this year, maybe four. Uh, some, I'm really mad I didn't bookmark this tweet. I'm going to go find it later. Cam Newton threw, like, velocity-wise, the hardest pass of his career. That was the hardest to that, one? To that throw to Edelman. I did not know that. Me either. I mean, Cam, Cam looks violent when he throws the <laughs> he ball. He does. Like, maybe it's because he's six foot five and yeah. just a human tank madman like but like he like he looks violent throwing the football and um yeah man that ball does go right through jules's hands but like if he caught that ball it would have been an insane catch because oh, he's, yeah, yeah. he's falling backwards and stuff but like yeah he probably should. i'm not he, trying to turn he, this into no no, no a, i know yeah, i know but he he makes so many crazy catches right. i'm just kind of like well 
I was used to seeing him make right. that. Right. And like the the backwards angle from behind the end so just made it look so bad because you could just clearly see I the ball. I think the like, thing said like 68 miles per hour, maybe more. Yeah. It might have been more than that. I think it was more yeah. than that. But so like, I, again, I, the 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 takeaway from that, again, not necessarily shitting on Edelman, just noting no, that because no, it good. was notable. You're good. But again, that's another reason where we could have just been talking about Cam leading this incredible comeback. It could have been over right there. Well, it there could. would have been time left. No, it could have been. That could have been the game-winning touchdown and well, and all then, of a sudden. And then they're on like the the 12-yard line, and then they they Cam did say he wanted two plays back the entire game. And they were like, oh, the interception? He's like, no, I wanted that pass to Edelman back. Uh, like you mentioned, the one, the one that went right through his hands. Because Cam's like, he was open. He had him by a step. But the the throw was a little high, right? So if he puts that on his numbers, yeah, it's it's a touchdown. Um, but for me, I have a couple more points, and we're done. But I was so happy that Edelman balled out the way he did, because so many times people are like, "Oh, oh, Edelman's so overrated. Oh, Edelman had Tom. Oh, Edelman had Brady. Blah blah." Well, he's doing it with Cam Newton now, and like you mentioned, highest total receiving yards of his entire career. On national TV in front of a national audience. Career high in yards at the oldest he's ever been with no preseason, practicing in a pandemic with a new quarterback. And slightly injured. His knee, he's been on the injury report with knee. What more do you want? What more do you want? Like, oh my God, the guy is so goddamn good. I remember he uh, kind of, Newton kind of threw a ball behind him a little bit at one point, and Cam looked a little bit frustrated, not at Jules, at himself. And Edelman came back to the, to the huddle and he just looks at him and goes, we're good. And I'm like, God damn. I love you. I love you. <laughs> like, I really do. My last two points and we're yep. done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the running backs on, averaged under two yards per carry. That ain't going to fly. Right. Obviously, we'd be remiss to say, you know, thoughts and prayers to James White. Obviously, the news oh came out. That's God. really sad. Tragic. Yeah, car crash. Um, both of his parents are involved. Dad, unfortunately, passed away. Mom's in critical condition, so shout out to him. Yeah. I don't – do you think he if he played? I think he was definitely going to be part of the game plan. I think they were trying to run some screens. They ran him to Burkhead instead, but I think a lot of those would have probably right. been to James White. Sony Michelle yeah, is a on average. He's an average running back. He was so good that Super Bowl run right. when in 2018. He carried the load on his back and won the offensive line. And he just doesn't. He doesn't have that burst anymore. Especially that he had in college. He didn't. Oh yeah. Doesn't have. Watch college highlights. Oh it's insane. I really think Damian Harris is the guy, and I think he's coming. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, I'm, I think he's the guy. I think you'll see an improved rushing attack when yep. he gets back. Um. But they're going to need to do more than average two yards per carry if this is going to be yeah. a team where you can run zone read and stuff with Cam. Yep. My last point. Um, you need more production from the tight end spot. It was the biggest issue last year. Ryan Isles had two really nice catches the first two the first two games up the seam, kind of Gronk-esque off play action. That's amazing. That's great. But I really thought Devin Asiasi yeah. was going to be someone who was going to be a weapon in the passing game. And, again, rookie pandemic no offseason programs you're asking a lot of them to learn a patriots offense as right. a rookie like that i was watch, listening to tommy curran's patriots talk podcast boy. my boy and he was saying that uh gronk when he was a rookie had like three catches in the first nine weeks or something so i mean let's not overreact but i i do i'm talking myself by yeah. that <laughs> but like i want Need a little bit more production from them. Yeah, and like you, like you're saying, it just limits the offense even more when you can't run a lot of those sets that involves tight ends passing, blocking both, whatever. It just you just don't want to be limited on offense. Right. Uh, last point, then we're done. Um, what do you think about real quick thoughts about going into this week against the Las Vegas Raiders back at home at Gillette? 
So we both already admitted we were incorrect about our Raiders takes after week one. Yep. Great win against the Saints. Um, I think it's winnable. I think like it's not something where I'm I'm not coming in the same way that, you know, I, I guess I did pick the Patriots to beat the Seahawks. But realistically, I'm not coming in the, approaching it the same way we approached right. the Seahawks game. I think it's definitely winnable. It kind of depends. Like, are we going to get week one Josh Jacobs or are we going to get week two Josh yeah. Jacobs? Like, that's... I think the Patriots, I think, like I mentioned, I think... I wouldn't be shocked if if Belichick puts Stephon Gilmore on Waller for a right. little bit. He did it a couple of years ago with Aqib Talib against somebody. Kelsey? Oh, Jimmy Graham. Or Jimmy, Jimmy Graham yeah, yeah. back in the day. Um, so when uh, Belichick's done like stuff like that before, um, I don't think the Raiders' defense is all that good. I think Cam's going to put up points. I think the offense is going to put up points. Um, I th- I think the Patriots win the game probably. But I, I don't think it's as, as comfortable of a game as I thought it was going to be potentially at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, but, yeah, we'll find out. We're coming at you again on Thursday on Instagram Live. Um, so check for social media stuff about that. Um, and that's that. Bruno, we're three episodes in. Three. Crazy. Number three in the books. All right, guys. With that, Bruno and I will catch you next time on Play in the Field. Play in the Field. Play in the Field.